My name is Jordan D. White, and it is great to hear from you. Uh, even though I'm not actually hearing from you now that I think about it, you're hearing from me. But it's great for you to hear from me. Uh, in addition, I just want to welcome you to Cast and Wax, the only official podcast of Waxwork.com. Don't be fooled by imitators. There are one or two. Uh, anyway, I have with me right here Mr. Scape White, and I want to talk to him for a moment. Scape, would you like to say hi to everyone? Yes, I would very much like to. How are everyone? How are you today? <laughs> I think that they're good. I'm going to assume that they're good. But Scape, I want to talk about what you have been doing behind my back. What is that? Well, uh, I mean, notably, what you haven't been doing is your 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 thesis and your homework. Dad, how many times I have to tell you? It's I'm ruminating about it. I'm thinking about it, okay? Thinking. Good. I'm glad you're thinking about it, but that's that's not even where I wanted to go. I just wanted to point out that that's what you're not doing while you're doing what you are doing. Okay. And what you are doing is, um, I told you, no robots in the house. And you have snuck a robot into this house, haven't you? Dad, this is a robot that helps me. It's not a robot that pretends to be you or something like that. Well, good. I'm... I'm I'm glad, but I, I made a no-robot rule. Dad, I don't have any fingers. Do you know about fingers? Yeah, I've got them. I know what they are. Well, I don't have any, so that's not fair. I need to have fingers. Where did you get this robot? Why do you have a robot? Where did you get this? We're going to talk about this before we get to the rest of the show. We are, we've got all sorts of exciting things on the show today, everybody. Just, I want to get this out of the way. I, okay, Dad, I got a robot from Dr. Stayoff. That's where all the robots come from. Well, that's not where all robots come from. That's where all the robots I've ever had come from. Okay, that's fine. So you, you got in touch with Dr. Stayoff and you said, send me a robot. Well, I said, Dr. Stayoff, I want to do some things. What is it that you wanted to do? Tell everybody at home what it is that you wanted to be doing. Well, okay. Dad, I, I wanted to go on Twitter. You wanted to go on Twitter. Yeah. You are on Twitter. Why don't I get to go on Twitter? Well, you don't have fingers, for one thing. That's why I was like, I need a robot. Okay. So I went to Dr. Steroff. I said, Dr. Steroff, I want to type on Twitter. Do you want to help me do that? And he said, yes. He made me a little robot. It's little. I'm glad it's little, but... That's not the point. No, that is the point. It's a little robot that does typing for me so that I could go on Twitter and Twitter and tweet at people's. <laughs> and and so you set up a Twitter account. Yeah. What is your Twitter name? The Scape White. Scape White as one word. S-C-A-P-E-W-H-I-T-E. Yeah. My password no, is... No, you're not supposed to say what your password is. Don't be a dumbass. So you set up your own Twitter account. Well, again, why did you want... Twitter, though. Well, okay, because you get to have Twitter, and so when you did a song, you'd be like, hey, I did a song, you would say, and then people would click it and listen, so I was like, I want people to listen to my songs, so when I finally do my thesis, I could be like, click it and listen, how about that? So you want to use it as a, as a marketing tool, which is why a lot of people use it, um, but you are a cat... And you don't make any money, so... You don't make any money. That's fair. But you're still a cat, and you I, most cats are not on Twitter. That makes me better than most cats. Did you think of that? That is clearly true. Okay. All right. So, everybody, um, I, I haven't mentioned my Twitter in a long time, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is crackshot with a zero instead of an O. Why do I make my life so difficult? Basically because I've had the same... <laughs> I had the same email since I was 14, and it was crackshot with a zero instead of an O at AOL.com, and I still have it. I still have it. Um, and I like having that same thing, so I end up using crackshot with a zero for an O on other things, like Twitter, for example. But it's so much more difficult to say. Anyway, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's crackshot with a zero instead of an O. If you want to follow Scape on Twitter, it's Scape White. No spaces between that. Um, and he talks about really interesting things, like eating moist food. So That's more interesting than comics. Comics. Blah, blah, blah. Comics are very interesting. They're not. You just sit on them. I do not sit on comics. You sit on comics because you're a douche. No, because they're sitting on my tables. Well, 
That's true, because I put them there because they're my tables and they're my comics. That's not fair. I get to have a, t- a place to sit. You sit on the floor, and you also have, like, a cat bed and a cat lounger, and, like, why am I even arguing with you? You you don't get to say where I get to put things. You should be in trouble for having a robot when there was a no-robot rule. Dad, just get over your robot thing. I can have a robot to help me Twitter. Well, you're not supposed to. Yeah, but I could. Since when? Who says that? If I did it... That I could do it. That's moronic. Okay. That's from an argument we had the other day in real life, and I can't believe you're bringing this up on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. What? Okay. Um, so that, that scape, he's a, oh, he's a cat. He, did I mention he's my cat? He's my cat. And he is Twittering now. And he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is his thesis, which is due at the end of the summer for his rock school. You've got like a month left on that. You Whatever. Know. I'll be fine. Okay. If you say so. Um, anyway, we, uh, Scape is the only person I have here in the studio with me. And by the studio, I mean my house. Normally, uh, you know, it's funny. I say normally we have four. It's been, it's been six months. It's been seven months, I think, since Frank Allen was the last on the show. And I still think of him as an important part of the show. I mean, it's, it's a really long time since he's been a part of this show. That's, that's really depressing. Um, but excitingly enough, we might find out where he is today. That being said, our other co-host... Mr. Rory Sinjin is not with us in the flesh, but he is with us in voice, live over the internet via... We're on Skype now, right? Yes, yes, I am on Skype right now. We have Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, thank you for having me on the show, Jordan. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad that I was able to be on the show. Thank you to my, my mother and, and Thomas Edison for letting me stay in their home and use their uh, internet connection to make this connection happen, you know? Oh, well, right. I mean, that's really uh, that's really nice of them. Uh, they're very nice people. I agree. I agree. Good, good. So, uh, when we last spoke to Rory, it was last uh, week, he was about to fly back to London. He didn't think he would be able to come back. Obviously, he didn't come back. Uh, you were going to London, Rory, if I remember correctly and I do, to declare bankruptcy. So how is that going? I mean, do we really have to talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I told you, it is podcast-related. I mean, we're going to be talking about the causes, part of the causes anyway, probably later on the podcast. So, <sighs> All right. Well, it's going poorly. It's going very poorly um, in that, I mean, I was able to declare bankruptcy, and they are you know, accepting all of the, the charges I'm getting billed to me from Slam Jackson on this investigation into where Frank Allen is, uh, they're, they're able to put all of those into deferment. But as a result, uh, you know, I lost my home uh, in New York because I lost my green card to work in New York, which means I am no longer in charge of the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies, which means my only source of income is my extra historical readings that I only can do over the internet. Well, I have a few London clients, of course, but most of which I can only do over the internet. Uh, and then... Those wages are being garnished by the courts uh, to help pay for the destruction of Japan, as well as some other new charges that I found out about uh, only when I got to the court case. Because um, Slam Jackson, first of all, flew out to England to appear in person and say that I owed him these things. Because of the, the episode we're about to hear of the search for Frank, I'm no, 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 no spoilers. Hey, hey, hey. No spoilers. You might know what he's charging you for in that. I don't know. And the listeners don't know. I don't want you to spoil these things. Well, all right, fine. Suffice to say, he's going to charge me for more things. And more travels. And more this and that and the other thing. He flew to England. He put the charge of coming to England to appear at my bankruptcy onto the bankrupt charge. Thankfully, they, they threw that one out. He's going to have to pay for that on his own. At any rate, the, the, the mayor of Japan was there uh, to, to accuse me of not paying enough. Um, you know, so many people just to accuse little old me of not paying my bills, which I uh, uh, didn't ring up in the first place. I don't understand why they didn't bill Sam Jackson, but fine. Yes, I'm bankrupt. Yes, I'm going to be garnished my wages. I'm going to, I don't know when I'm going to be able to afford my own apartment again, let alone home. Thankfully, my mother's letting me stay here. I mean, frankly, it's a terrible situation. I think the bankruptcy policies in the UK are outrageous, and I don't think I should have to deal with this. They let me keep my computer. They let me keep, you know, my books on historical studies, my books on actual history. That's about it. Everything else, my clothes, you know, but not too many of my clothes. If they were too nice, they took them. Whoa, whoa, they took your nice clothes? Yes, because they were like, oh, you're not going to need a tuxedo. And I'm like, well, I do. I wear them to social functions. And they're like, well, that's not part of your job. And I was like, well, to some extent it is, and they didn't accept that. So fine. I have no tuxedo. 
Perhaps I can borrow one from Thomas Edison. Point is, miserable. That's how I am. I am miserable. All I have is my work, and even that doesn't yield me practically anything. You know, I, have to, I still have to pay taxes, and then after the taxes, and after the garnishment of my wages, I'm left with so little, so very little. We're talking about poor person little. So you are making as much money as a poor person? Yes. So, let me see if I get this straight. You are a poor person. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it that way, no, because I still live on mother's estate, you know, so I am able to live in a pretty posh situation. I just, I, I, I not, I'm not paying for it myself, you know, and the money I do have, I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, actually. So the money I, I make, it goes towards my living expenses, uh, and I spend all of it. So I'm not saving anything. If if I if I were to say I was able to save money, I'm sure they would take more. So. Wait, so you're lying on the podcast? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. My mother pays for many things, but the money that I do make goes to paying her back for that stuff, and also for other things that she can't. Look, the point is, I spend all the money. The money's gone. And the money is not going to anything but me. I I am making this money, and I am spending it on myself, on my my living, my cost of living, not frills, no frills. Okay. If you say so. Do you believe him, Scape? No, he's probably full of crap. Scape, I'm not full of crap. Okay, if you say so. I say, I, yes, I say so. All right. Okay, good. So everybody believes him. Um, well, Rory, that's a terrible situation, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. It's, you know, I know a lot of people hate you uh, who listen to this show. What? No, wait, what? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, I think a lot of our listeners think you're, you know, an insufferable kind of a jerk. So Who says that? Who, I never heard that. Well, um, I mean, let's ask them. Listeners, um, you know our email is castinwax at gmail.com. You can send us letters. You can send us MP3s. We got both today. Um, but it, write us in. You know, Rory is – I think it's fair to say, Rory, other than when you got arrested – Why did we bring this up far too much, I think? Right, but because it's relevant. Other than when you got arrested, I think you're at your lowest that you've ever been. Well, yes. I mean, I would say that that's fair. You know, I – and I don't even know how to get back up again. Right, right, right. So Rory is at his lowest point. Um, so this is the time to write into him. Uh, because if you, if you like Rory, if you're a friend to Rory and you are a fan of Rory, this is the best time to write in and support him and say, you know, Rory, I think you do great work. I'm really glad you're a part of the show. And I'm so sorry that you're suffering. You know, is there any way that we can help out, et cetera, et cetera? You can write in and say those things. If you are not a fan of Rory, if you think Rory is an insufferable jerk, as I, as I've heard I, that some of you do, well, don't encourage them. No. Right, but it, I mean, if you if that's what you think, this is the best time to kick him when he's down. He's at his lowest, Jordan. and so if, if you were to write in and be like, Rory, this is your comeuppance. You know, this is what you deserve. I, I actually wish it was worse. Da 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 da. da things like Why that. Why are you even saying this? There's never going to be a better time because right now he's at his lowest. I mean, he might sink lower, but hey, you might help push him there if you write in. So write into us, castandwax at gmail dot com. MP3s, letters, either way, we'll, we'll read them on the air. We'll let Rory know what you think of him. Um, speaking of Rory, uh, and and him being broke. One of the things that broke him... You mean the only thing that broke me? The the one thing that is costing me all the money? Okay, all right. The one thing that, that broke him um, is the search for Frank Allen. Uh, Frank Allen was a friend of ours. He left the podcast unexpectedly. And um, we, we were wondering where he was. We hired Slam Jackson, private investigator. I mean, I say we, but it was, it was Rory's money. Yes, it was all my money. You guilted me into it. Right, right, right. And um, so, interestingly enough, we... We normally we, we get uh, serials from our Binghamton friends, and we and we did this time as well, including uh, the last search for Frank Allen episode, uh, telling us the, the final outcome of that. But in addition to that, uh, we also got a Donnie Palumbo episode. But what's weird is we didn't get a letter. Uh, normally, we get either a letter or an audio letter, and we haven't this week. And you know what? It made me realize something. I I have not. I don't think I've given enough credence to this injury that our friend Charles suffered. He. I guess fell down the stairs and his, you know, his face came off, I guess. He broke a lot of bones. He was in the hospital. You know, it's kind of serious. And I kind of glossed over it. But the fact that not getting a letter this week really hammers it home. Like, this is some serious business. I almost said a bad word. This is some serious business. You know, a friend of ours is hurt. And when, when a friend of mine is suffering, I want to do whatever I can to help them out. You know, a friend of mine who is burdened by this terrible, I mean, well, let's be honest. In addition to physical problems, this is going to be a terrible financial burden for, for Charles. 
he's going to have to pay these medical bills. And he's not, I, I mean, I know Charles, he does not have the money for these medical bills. You know, this is way more money than he makes. And so when I see somebody that I care about having to pay so much more money than, than they make and, and having to suffer under the weight of those bills, I, it, it moves me and it, I, I wanted to, to do my part. So as a result, um, Charles, if you're listening to this, I have set aside some money um, that I would like to to give to you, and I would encourage everyone else who listens to the podcast to donate as well. Um, I haven't named the fund yet, but I figure, you know, I don't know, Charles, what, what, can, what can we call it? Charles's help and rescue, like, enforcement scheme. Because that spells Charles? No, that wasn't that good. Well, I made it up off, off the top of my head, but the point is, uh, let's all, let's all get together. If you're listening to this podcast and you like, especially the serials, please, you know, see if you can help out Charles, figure out a way you can in your heart and in your financial means to do so, because he's really suffering. He's, he's under this financial burden. I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if it gets too much for him, he could end up having to declare bankruptcy because of medical needs. And that's, you know, that's something that is really terrible. As I mean, as Rory can attest, the bankruptcy stuff is really bad. So, I mean, anyway, please, uh, I will get more information. I'll set up a more formal uh, uh, website where you can donate to Charles. But if you could, even for now, if you could just send your support uh, through your words of castandwax at gmail.com, through your words, either written or, or audio, I would, I'd be happy to play them for Charles. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so, Rory, uh, what were we talking about? I cannot believe you. What? Why? You're starting a fund for Charles. Yeah, he he's a friend of mine and he's hurt. Yes, but the fund isn't about him being hurt. The fund is about the financial burden. Yeah, like I said, you know, there's a, I mean, there's a good chance he could go bankrupt. And that, as you know... Yes, as I know, because I just went bankrupt. Where was the fund for me? For me, doing the thing that you asked me to do. You asked me to spend money on something, which made me go bankrupt, and you didn't even feel that bad. I felt bad-ish, but I, I mean, no, I didn't feel like I needed to start a fund, because you made all that, you, you know, you made a lot of money, and... Yes, it's all gone now! Well, right, that's true, but you, I mean, you could make it again. If you made money once, you could make money a second time. I had a trust fund when I started making all that money. How do you think I started a business? Because I had money to begin with. You can't just make money without money to begin with. Wait, so you're saying the only reason you ended up getting rich off extra history was because you were rich to begin with? Yes, of course! Come on, what do you think? You think you could just start an extra historical business and make lots of money? No, you have to have lots of money first. I mean, then once you've got money, you can use that money to perpetuate having money. Of course, that's how the system works. I could have done any business I wanted to and perpetuated myself having money. That's what money does. So it's not about extra... You're saying you, it's not even because you're good at extra history. No, I chose extra history because I'm good at it, but... I could have picked everything, anything. I could have done whatever I wanted to do, and what I wanted to do was extra history, and I was able to fund me. But now I have no money to begin with. That's why I'm living with my mother. And unless my mother dies or something, I'm not going to have any money of my own. Rory, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm not saying I want her to die, but if she does die... No, I mean, actually, that's not even true. If she dies, it goes to Thomas Edison. So, unless they both die. But I don't, I mean, I don't want them to die. Well, good, because that would be terrible. Well, right, yes, it is terrible. Look, uh, fine, yes. But I still think you're a rat bastard for starting a fund for him. You think I'm a bastard because I'm starting a fund for an injured friend. No, not because of the... Because you didn't start... <sighs> That's really nice, Rory. That's really nice. That's not what I meant. Then what did you mean? You know, I, I just... I was I want... Because I need help, too. To get rich. Well, yes. Well, I. you can... I'm going to leave that to you. <sighs> anyway, um... So, okay. We did get shows from them. We just didn't get a letter from them. Uh, Donnie Palumbo, Clubhouse of Super Villainy. Great episode. Looking forward to playing that for you. In fact, I'll play that for you first. We've got a This Day in History that Rory sent in with a, with a new update. Yes, of course. I can still do my work because I do have a computer here. Good, 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 good. Um, and then we do have the final search for Frank with the final outcome of Slam Jackson's investigation into Frank Allen. We're going to play that for you right now. Here we go. Uh, well, that, that's the last one. But we're going to start with Donnie Palumbo right now. Donnie. Palumbo's Clubhouse of Super Villainy! Episode 10, Grinding in My Lap Like a Broken Gear. By Cheryl Casey.
previously on Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy. Using Donnie as bait, Titus Eroticus has lured both Phantasma and Rob into a cleverly laid trap. Now with all three of them sealed in a torture chamber alongside Misconception, she balls them closer and closer to drowning with every passing second, courtesy of her super-powered tear ducts. There have got to be more efficient ways than that to cure cancer. Donnie, what is going on? What did she call you? Like a name or a title or... Lisa, I'd love to explain, but I'm kind of tied down and trying really hard not to drown. There, free. Now start talking. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Misconception, sweetheart. I, I know you're upset, but I need you to take a deep breath. And just calm down. My mom is dead and my dad doesn't love me. Why does everyone hate me? I try so hard. No one hates you. I don't hate you. You're just saying that so I don't accidentally drown you. I'm about three seconds away from smashing her skull into the wall if that'll stop the waterworks. Hey, leave her alone. This isn't her fault. Titus Eroticus totally set her up, just like he did with all of us. And you couldn't tell he was lying about that? One loser idiot calls a beautiful girl like you fat, and you're ready to flood a city? I mean, what does that deal we do for fun? Attach limbs to cakes? You're not the one with the problem here. He is. Is that what happened, Donnie? Eroticus set you up? Well, yeah. Kind of. I mean, I was sort of feeling neglected and unwanted, so I thought that if I took on a supervillain persona, then... You'd have to spend more time with me. A supervillain? You think I'm beautiful? Sure. Persona. I did it for us. I know what you do is important and I would never try to stop you. So I thought that if I could just be an active participant in that, I'd be able to feel less like a second class citizen and more important to you. I never thought you'd hospitalize me or that Titus Eroticus would take me hostage or Hospital. that- Hospital? You were that underage dinkus with an axe to grind? Do you think this is some kind of a game? Honey, we're currently doggy paddling in an ocean of tears created in less than five minutes by an over-emotional young girl. There are many things I would call this. Bizarre? Maybe. Borderline insane? Game is nowhere on that list. I could've killed you! Did you even think of that? Well, uh, that wasn't exactly the- first thing that came to mind. Or how about all the people I killed just now in order to get to you? I thought your life was in danger. To be fair, it was. Still is, even. Uh, Titus has already ordered a cake. Donnie. Look, all of this is my fault. I get that. But let's get everyone out of here in one piece, and then you can hate me forever, okay? I should leave you here to rot. I can't believe this. Lisa was right. She should have left me there to rot. But she didn't. Everything she said was so angry, but she didn't sound angry. I guess that was part of being a superhero. Not saving people because they were good or upstanding, but because most people, regardless of how worthless they were, didn't deserve to have their limbs amputated to adorn a cake. Come on, I'll break the door down. Oh, for the love of... At the time, I thought Lisa had smashed open the door, but after the fact, after our bodies had been tossed in the hallway like ragdolls by a rush of water, I realized that she'd been holding my hand the entire time. As the water continued to disperse down the hallway, I noticed that beneath the mass of tangled limbs that was Lisa, Rob, Misconception, and myself was a very shell-shocked Jiminy Hatchet, sopping wet and desperately clutching a coffee cup. Oh, gross. My shirt's all see-through now. This is the kind of trash Titus Eroticus lets into this place. Hatchet, what are you doing here? I was told to bring coffee like an hour ago. I couldn't decide if that meant latte, espresso, or iced coffee, or whatever, so I just brought tea instead. What would Titus Eroticus have gained out of sending him here? Maybe he was sent to annoy us to death. Probably just figured that if he was on a murderous rampage, he might as well take out Jiminy Hatchet, too. Listen, does anybody want this tea? It's a little salty now. Hatchet! Where's Eroticus? I don't know. Probably in his office. I'm not allowed to talk to him, but I'm sure we could be friends if he'd only give me a chance. Donnie, let's go. 
Uh... Hey, wait. We're all safe. That's what we wanted, right? We don't have to do this. Let's just go home. And leave Eroticus with a perfectly intact compound and a supervillain army? I don't think so. Lisa... Don't call me that. It ends now. It ends? Wait, what? What ends? Do you mean... I'm still alive! Try again! Wait, don't! I mean, it's just that I... I... Donnie, let's go home. What? No, I can't! She's a superhero. This is what a superhero does. She'll be fine. But we're not superheroes, man. We'll just get in the way. You don't want to get in the way, do you? Yes! Yes, I do, Rob! I want to be there on the sidelines annoying her, distracting her and getting in the way more than I've ever wanted anything in this universe! Yeah? Yeah. That is the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Okay. Let's go. I've got your back. Thanks, man. So I started off in a sprint down the hallway. It was easy to race after Lisa. All I had to do was follow the sounds of twisting metal, exploding glass, and the moans of C-rank villains. Robin Misconception took the elevator. The running part was simple, thoughtless, but I had no idea what would happen as soon as I made it up to Titus's office. What I'd say, what I'd do, if I'd be able to live with the end result. <sighs> Lisa! Oh, it's you. In that episode of Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy, Donnie was Ed Jones, Lisa was Julia Adams, Rob was Jordan Randall, Ms. Conception was Angela Tyman, Jiminy Hatchet was Pete Bowers, and Titus Eroticus was Charles Berman. Hello, my name is Rory Sinjin, and this is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On August 1st, 1498, Italian explorer Christopher Columbus sets foot on the American mainland for the first time. At the Peria Peninsula in present-day Venezuela, thinking it an island, he christened it Isla Santa and claimed it for Spain. Hey, what's the problem here? I cannot see a far. It's so foggy. I wonder what a place this is. I guess it's an island. Can't have a far shorter than that. Hey, Nina Pinta, Santa Maria, final island. No use to explore farther than this. I'd send Christopher Colombo. We go back to the Queen. Hey, let's go back across the ocean. I don't know. It's so foggy. I cannot see. Christopher, didn't you bother to check the weather forecast? Eh, hey, no. I'll just go a long way. I get in the boat. Because we don't, we don't know if it's we don't know if the weather is just gonna be foggy and if it may be cleaning up tomorrow. Hey, that's alright. Let's turn on the radio. Today we have all of our Bad reception sounds. Christopher. Yes. I don't think the radio gets all the way here from Europe. I think you're right. We should have brought a shorter wave. Let's go back to Italy and Spain. Yes, I, I, I thought we left from Spain and not from Italy. That's all right, but I come from Italy originally. That's my accent. I know. I come from Italy too. I went with you. Anyway, let's go back to Spain and Ferdinand Isabella. <laughs> to Spain and Ferdinand and Isabella. To Spain. Make sure that you aren't like Christopher Columbus. No, I don't mean don't discover other countries and steal them from indigenous peoples. I mean, if you're going on a long journey, make sure that you check the weather forecast beforehand so that you know what the weather will be like when you get to the other end of the journey. This is This Day in History, helping you out on WHRW Binghamton. But the story doesn't end there. No. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And did you know that when Christopher Columbus got back to Spain, the Queen of Spain billed him for the entire trip? I know it seems kind of ridiculous because she was supposed to be funding it, that was the whole thing. But she said, you not only did not find a way to India, which was what you were originally supposed to do, you didn't find the way to the New World properly because you got lost in the fog. So it's a total waste. I'm billing it to you. And then he had to declare bankruptcy. And did you know that he discovered that bankruptcy is a miserable, terrible thing? Now, of course, it's useful in that he shouldn't have had to pay back all that money because he didn't actually owe it in the first place. But he lost everything. He lost his home. He lost his car. He didn't have a car. But he, if he had a car, he would have lost it. If he had horses, he would have lost them. You know, he lost his boat. He lost his CD player. He didn't have a CD. You know what I'm saying. If he had had a, a professional band of musicians who followed him around to play music for him, he lost those musicians. So, look, what I'm trying to say is it was an unfair thing. And so what he did was he made it public information. He went to the public square and said, everyone, uh, this is uh, me, uh, Christopher Columbus, and I am saying it's unfair. This is what happened to me. And everyone got 
got so worked up over the horrors he had to go through in his bankruptcy that they said, we are overthrowing the bankruptcy system, making it much nicer so that you don't lose everything. I mean, come on. Everything, really? Because really, how are you going to make money ever again? I mean, yes, you know, I get to keep my computer. I mean, he got to keep... He didn't have a computer. He got to keep his abacus, though, because he's used it in his business. He... I mean, that doesn't make sense. But if he did, he got to keep his compass. Ah, his compass and his maps because he was an explorer, you see. So make sure that you check the weather forecast or you could go bankrupt just like Christopher Columbus did. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Slam Jackson. For Frank. Episode 6 The Gregarious Gathering. By Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. Our story opens dudes, dudettes, and dudaferns with Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed globe trotting adventurist. Dudaferns? Disembarking from an airplane in picturesque Santiago de Chile. The capital of the incredibly thin South American nation of Chile, a unitary presidential republic where literally everything is named after revolutionary leader Bernardo O'Higgins, a sideburned politician of Irish and Basque descent. What, really? I've been doing research! I thought I strictly forbade that. Remember the thing with the Somalian princess? Not at all! So, good buddy, where in this slender state of satisfaction are we going to find Frank Allen? Well, if the address that Konstantin Stanislavski gave us is still good, he's going to be at the convention center today. Several minutes later, we have left Bernardo O'Higgins International Airport and are traveling down General Bernardo O'Higgins Avenue toward the O'Higgins Convention Center, which is apparently named after the mother of Bernardo O'Higgins, Isabel Riquelme O'Higgins. How did you do all that research? I used Rory's money to access the intertubes during our flight. Now I'm on the Bernardo O'Higgins Memorial Wi-Fi! Okay. Do you have a ticket reserved? No, we're looking for Frank Allen. Of course you are, sir. Right through there. Thanks. And so, having purchased two expensive tickets, Slam Jackson and I moved to the Bernardo O'Higgins Auditorium, which is, in fact, named for Bernardo O'Higgins, and come face-to-face with Slam Jackson's most sought-after arch-nemesis, Frank Allen! What the... Bienvenidos, damas y caballeros, a la parte más importante de los ceremonios de hoy. Una presentación por el competente caballero de la corazón, el investigador y adventurista famoso, Slama Hackson. What the hell is this? I don't know! You're the one who speaks Spanish! Well, he said there would be a presentation by that handy horseman of the heart, the investigator and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson. Si! Usted tiene razón! Bienvenido, Slam Jackson, al primer anual Frank Allen's Investigativa Cosplay Convention! Yeah. yeah! Is Frank Allen actually here? I am Frank Allen. Alright, I'm Frank Allen, and I, I think this convention is great because it's all about me. Frank uh, Allen. Hello, uh, this is Frank Allen, uh, reporting in live. Uh, I'm a host, uh, radio show host, talk show host, hosting anything you might need a host for. Uh, I sell... Uh, if, if you're, if you're looking for Frank Allen, move no further. I'm Frank Allen. I have no idea who these other people are. I'm, I'm just I'm happy to answer any... Hello? All right. Hello. Hello? This is me, the real Frank Allen. Now, if you take a look at my drink here, 
This is uh, vodka, cranberry juice, and 10 ounces of my own Frank Allen blood. I call it Thank you. the Frank Allen. Um, I'm Frank Allen. Um, I'd just like, uh, like to inform you. I just came from a thrift shop uh, before I came here. I bought a jar of uh, these pennies here. It's got to be at least 20, in, 20 pennies in here. $50. I'm selling it at the booth uh, to the right. Uh, thanks, Frank. I do, all I have to do is just, just answer, all, answer, answer the question. That's all you got to do. Just, just answer how you think. Extra history is garbage. I like to sleep naked. Por supuesto, damas y caballeros, es un honor estar aquí este día. Y el parte de mi patrón generoso, Roy Singer, me gustaría dar a todos ustedes una invitación a la barra para bebidas. What did you say? We're going out for drinks to celebrate. Rory's buying. But you still haven't found Frank Allen! Of course I have. I found a whole convention hall full of him. Named after this O'Higgins guy, or whatever. That's completely true. But how do we know which one is the real Frank? Whichever one gives the keynote address. Probably the ugly one coming up the stairs right now. In the meantime, I'm going to go drink myself sensible. Perdón! No quiero aparecer mal educado, pero ahora... Tengo que hacer una introducción muy verbosa para Frank Allen. Sure, my incomprehensible acquaintance. What does that mean? He's going to give the real Frank Allen a verbose introduction. You want anything from the bar? Wait, Chilean guy. I'll take it from here. Ahem. And approaching the stage with the rapidity of a middle-aged TV show host. That acute adjudicator of accusations. That dedicated defiler of debatiators, that charismatic caster of coins, that laughable loafer of lassitude, that proud paladin of propiniquity, the hallowed homer of homelessness, that titan of travel, the literal hostess with the literal mostest, the one and only apart from all of you, that globally loved and domestically unknown public investigator and famous Frank Allen! I'll be at the bar. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo, hungover listeners. Our story continues in the... Uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, Marriott, by all appearances. What the... Is this a wedding band? Is that a wedding band? Will Frank Allen return to a nation that does not give a crap about him? Will Slam ever spend profligately again? If no, who will get all his extra money? Why aren't more things named after Bernardo O'Higgins? Return trepidatiously to continuity, brave listeners, for the next believability-shattering season of Bernardo O'Higgins Presents... Slam Jackson! In that episode of The Search for Frank, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jair Coonrat, Ticket Booth Lady was Cheryl Casey, Chilean announcer was Charles Berman, Frank Allens was Cheryl Casey, Charles Berman, Jair Coonrat, Mickey Weishner, Pete Bowers, Freddie Costelli, Ed Jones, and Jordan Randall. Thank you ever so much, all of you. Okay, Rory, okay, settle down. I, I'm assuming you're upset because they charged the drinks to you and the tickets to the con. Yes. But you it's, you shouldn't be. That's a drop in the bucket. It's no big deal. No big deal. No, it really, not compared to the, the reconstruction of Japan. So, Well, uh, right, but what is compared to that? Exactly, exactly. So the point is, okay, so Frank Allen, Frank Allen has a convention in Chile where people are dressed up as him and pretending to be him and he was there giving the keynote speech i'm i'm a little confused so so slam counted this as finding him well yes i mean he says the actual frank allen was there he was okay um i mean i'm a li- i'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to hear from frank allen himself well you know we heard all those other ones maybe one of those was him but i doubt it cuz they 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 faded it out right when he was going to give his speech look i i can't answer for them all i know is they charged all those drinks to me they dr- you do you know how much they drank they drink a lot. Well, sure, I'm sure they did. A Frank Allen convention is going to have a lot of drinking. But, I mean, maybe... Oh, you know what? Maybe if I check on the internet... Uh, let's Google it. Um, Frank Allen convention keynote address. And, oh, uh, here it is. There is a, 
uh, a YouTube video of it. And that's the picture actually shows Frank right in the, the uh, what do you call it? The little picture before you push play. So I'm, I'm going to play this. The one and only apart from yep, there's the narrator introducing him, just like we just heard. There he is. That's him. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Uh, it's uh, really... Uh, it's a real pleasure to see uh, so much of myself around. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a little disturbing, I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I, think, uh, I think it's fair to say there's no bigger fan of Frank Allen than... Frank Allen. He so, know, he uh, I, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, let me just say, uh, it's been it's been absolutely a gift working on Frank Allen's investigative uh, writing show. Uh, and you all really possible. does have a show. You guys this being fans of the show is the reason we're allowed to make it. So therefore, the show is for you, much more than it's for me. Although, again, I, I love the show too. So. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But let me just say, uh, again, it's great to be here, and it's great of you to have me here. Going back in time, I know a lot of you are uh, first heard of me for the investigative uh, uh, variety show. But, uh, you know, it, it really warms my heart that, that so many of you are interested in, uh, have, have been listening to Frank Allen investigations and Frank Allen uh, interviews. And uh, even going back to the, the first shows I created, uh, Tractor Fiction and Debatatorium, I never dreamed that there would be, you know, conventions of people dressing like blackologists and dressing like <laughs> girls on farms who, who, who ate bats, you know, and, uh, and we ate the bats. It's, a, it's also a little upsetting to see we so many people bats. cosplaying as my interns. You're all fired, by the way. <laughs> but um, seriously, you know, it's a pleasure. And I, 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 I feel like I would be remiss if I did not thank a few people who okay, good. could not be here today, here we go. but without oh. whom I would... Uh, my success would not have been possible. You know, people who, uh, there's a few people, I think, whose names are very important yes. to get out there, and who, again, I, every day I'm thankful that I knew these people, and every day I'm thankful uh, that they gave me a gift, you know, by supporting me and by helping me uh, in my life. Very nice so, to say. Uh, if you all could give a round of applause for Mr. Thomas Edison uh, and Mr. President Byron Sanders. What? I'm not mention, but again, I just I don't feel right not mentioning them. He's not in the house. Because I feel like without not them, the house. I wouldn't be the Frank Allen you know, and well, you wouldn't know me. So, you know, it's very important that we that we have that. Um, so, let's see. Again, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I guess I'm going to open it up for. Uh, Audience questions now. Oh, that's all right. So I think we have a microphone out there. Where is it? Over there. Over there. Okay, right over there. There's a microphone. So hello, sir. Hello. Hi, Frank. Oh, Hi. Hello. Uh, good to good to see. You. Good to see. You. Hi. I I just wanted to say uh, I love your show so much. I just I absolutely love it. It it's a it's a big part of my life. I before I before I found your show. I I was very lonely. I was very alone. Well, who cares? And you know, who's the show made me feel like there were other people in the world like me, oh, and I really God. do appreciate that. So I I just want to start by saying thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. I, thank you for for watching. I, yeah, it's a pleasure. I love it. I absolutely love Shut it. Up. So my question is this: What do you think was the, your favorite act that has ever been on? The investigative variety show. That oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say my favorite act would probably be uh, the time we had uh, Satan and the Mephistopheles on. Uh, they were terrific. They did, yeah. they did a, a terrific act. And that, that was fact, great. What was fun about their performance? What was fun about it was not only did they perform well, uh, but I got to basically I was able to accuse him of every crime ever committed and. Be, be right, you know, like, 
Satan is pretty much responsible for everything that's bad that's ever done. So if I, I'm just like, well, you did this, you did this, oh, you know, you did that. Right, I, I um, And he, and right, he right. would have no choice. He had no choice but to admit it. So that was a, that was a pretty awesome bit. Thank, thanks so much, and thanks again. You're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, we have another question. Okay, oh, right microphone over here. Yeah. Hi, Frank. I, uh, I am such a big fan. Thank you. No, <laughs> thank you again. I, you're the reason I do it, so. I know. Oh, that's really nice of you to say. Well, it's true. That's why I say it. Uh, okay. Uh, I, okay, I have, a, I have a question. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Tractor Fiction? That's a really good question. Uh, well, basically, for a long time, I have, uh, I have been a fan of, uh, well, not a fan, I have been a connoisseur, I guess I could say, of uh, Jack Chick's work. Uh, you know, I, I've seen his little Tractor comics a lot, and uh, at one point I was in a Jack Chick chat room, and I was talking about tracks, and I, all of a sudden it occurred to me, you know, you know what would be great, and I said this out loud on the, on the chat room, I think, would be great is if somebody did a radio show where they enacted what? them, and then, um, and then someone uh, hosts a debate. And, you know, I think I would be pretty good at hosting a debate about the tracks. I don't know, believe this. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm biased, but I can, I'm a good professional person, so I can be unbiased, you know, so... That would be a good idea. And then, uh, basically, I just said, well, why am I waiting for someone else to, to put this idea in motion? Let's, let's make this happen. So I made it happen. Uh, and the uh, rest is history. I mean, that's, that's what leads us right to here today. Oh, yeah. my idea God. <laughs> and it was a really good idea, so thank you. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. And again, thank you for watching. Okay. okay, bye. Uh, we do have a, let's see, we have another question over here. Yep, right over here. Hi, Frank. Uh, I have a question. Uh, actually, it also goes back to the, uh, the podcast that you were on, uh, the uh, Cast and Wax podcast. Yes, uh, yes, that was. Uh, those were uh, my early days, and in, uh, in, uh, before I, I hit big. Right, right. Uh, I had a question. There was a, an episode. The last episode that you appeared on, there was a, uh, a special Slam Jackson piece. We just saw Slam Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He's a, a good, uh, good guy. There was a special Slam Jackson piece that. Uh, that you listened to about uh, the death of Alan Thomas. Oh, yeah. His, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, I remember that piece. I do remember that piece. That was pretty fascinating. And, uh, because I had, uh, for a long time, I had believed that Lynn Nelson had killed Alan Thomas. Ooh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, it turns out that was one time that I was incorrect. It was actually his twin brother who did it. So do we have another question? Oh, no, no, she didn't do it. I actually didn't finish my question. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I think we have to move on because we do have a lot of people waiting for that. No, no, I'll, I'll be really fast. I was just going to say that uh, you left when you were listening to that. And I was wondering why. Oh no! I, he said right, 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 right. But well, right. yeah. Okay. But what I'm just saying is, uh, we we uh, we have a lot of uh, people who ask me questions. Yeah, I left during that. That was, you know, what it was was I thought to myself, I was wrong about this one thing, uh, and that's embarrassing. And so I was embarrassed. But at the same time, I thought, you know what? It's time I strike out on my own. It's time I strike out on my own. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been. Uh, on this podcast for so long, but I think it's time that I get out there and do something for myself and make this happen. And uh, that was why I left. No, it had nothing to do with with the, the the thing itself. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank you for asking that. That's a real good question. We have another question. I think right over here now. Yeah, uh, Frank. Uh, I, I do have a question, but it's funny because when he said that, it reminded me. I remember listening to that episode, and I thought it was funny because it made it sound like. With him saying him and Frank did it, and then you left. No, no, okay. Like you, you know what? We don't have time for this. Actually, I do have to go. I actually do have to go uh, right now. So thank you all for your questions. Thank you so much for the convention. It's been a pleasure. I will be signing autographs, $50 for, for a headshot, as you know, at the table over there uh, later. But uh, for now, I do have to go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. Variety show. Sunday nights. Well, check your list because it's on Sunday nights for me. But I'm, I'm it, so, okay, thank you all for listening. Come on, uh, I have to go. Oh, thank so, you, Monsieur. Bye Okay, now I'm pissed off. Now I. Jordan D. White and pissed off. Finally, thank you. Well, I'm not pissed off because of them charging things to I you. Know, I know that, but you're pissed off at Frank Allen, which is great because he is an oh. You know what? I agree with you. I agree 
with you. Frank Allen, you did not come up with Tractor Fiction. I came up with Tractor Fiction. And this is not even a secret. You admitted it. When you were interviewed back before you were Mr. Investigativo, blah, 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 you you used to admit it was my idea for the show. You never had an idea for a show. When you you came to... To New York with your ideas for shows, what were they? Proselytism, is it real or not? Oh, does that sound familiar? Car debate? Really? Debatatorium was all my idea. Yeah, I let you host it, but it was my show. So was Tractor Fiction, my idea in that Jack Chick chat room. I had the idea. You told me it was a good idea. Yes, it was a good idea. A good my idea. And yes, I was the host of the show for the first episode and a half. So how you could claim it was your idea in the first place is ridiculous. You can't. What a jerk. I cannot believe this guy. You know, good riddance. Now I'm, now I'm glad he didn't come back. Now I'm glad he's gone. You know, stay good. Stay out of America. Because America doesn't want you. I don't want you. You are not welcome on this podcast anymore, Frank Allen. Except in the subject of asshole watch. If we do another thing about you, it'll be called asshole watch. Because asshole watch was created for you. Because you're an asshole. I can't believe this. Good, yes, let it out. This is what I've this is what I've been telling you about him for years. Yes, yes, it is, but I didn't believe you. Now I find out it's true. He is a backstabbing liar. Wow. <sighs> And you know what? We never even found out why he was leaving. We hired Slam Jackson to investigate where he was, and he found where he was. But we don't know why he left our podcast. We don't know what happened to him between the time he left our podcast and the the uh, uh, convention, other than that he did this show. I mean, we don't know. How, how did he get money for a show? He when Last time we saw him, he was living at your house because he was broken homeless. Oh, do you think I forgot? Yeah, and now you're broken homeless, and he's got a successful show in another country. Well, you're both in other countries. I mean, you're both out of America right now, so... Maybe he can let you live with him. I'm not going to live with him. Definitely not. I, I mean, I know. I was just joking. But the point is, there's still so many questions unanswered that Slam Jackson did not answer. <sighs> He's not a very good investigator. That's what I think. Well, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, he found him. We didn't specifically say we want to know the answer to these questions. But, you know, I feel like, you know, Decker and Hayes probably would have found out the answer to these questions. Unfortunately, they are in France. I mean, well... Maybe I could hire them. Maybe I could hire them to find Haven't out. Haven't you had enough private investigators on the show? Yeah, I mean, I am kind of sick of it. And to be honest, and to, to hire them in France would probably cost a lot of money, and you don't have the money to pay for it anymore. So, I mean, I'm not going to pay for it. Oh, great. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So, all right. Man, now I'm really just... I'm in a bad mood. Dad, you should do what I do when I'm in a bad mood. What's that? I pick on Boo Bear. I just chase her around the apartment. Escape, that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, but it makes me feel better. All right, well, maybe I'll pick on you then. Maybe I'll chase you around the apartment. No, Dad, I said Boo Bear. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, but I'm going to do it to you. What do you think of that? (sighs) Jerky, stupid cat. Now Frank Allen has put me in a bad mood. (sighs) All right, look, I'm going to, I'm going to end the podcast. No, we can't end the podcast. We still have some more stuff to do. All right, we have some emails. Like I said, write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. We've got a letter and we've got a, an audio email. Which one should we do first? Audio letter or letter? Um, let's, let's do this letter. Uh, Rory, would you... Uh, no, you can't read it because you're not here. Right. Fine, then I'll read it. Um, Dear Mr. White, my name is Sergeant Lewis Arne from the Thorpesburg Police. I'm collaborating with your local department in Queens on the case of the disappearance of local Girl Scout Sally Adams. It would help the investigation if you are... At your earliest convenience, you could report to the station for questioning. Uh, thank you, Louis Arn. Sure. Uh, I don't have any information. Um, I know that they were looking for me, uh, but I don't know where she is. I guess she's still uh, missing, that means, which is bad. Jordan, the, 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 the girl, the troop of Girl Scouts is still missing? <sighs> yeah, and that's been uh, like a month now, I think, they've been missing. And that's bad. That's not good. That's a very long time. So, of course, uh, Sergeant, I will uh, cooperate in any way I can. I don't have any information right now, so I will uh, do whatever I can. In addition, we also have an audio letter here. Uh, we did thank you for writing into us with an audio letter. We we lo- we do like those, so please send us more. Castandwax at gmail dot com. Uh, we have this right here. Hi, hi, Jordan. This is Sally. Sally Adam. I am a junior Girl Scout for Troop 320. And I know that we tried to find you and have not been able to find you. So here is my latest attempt. Now, don't be frightened, but there is a tracking mechanism on this tape. So, by being able to hear you read it, I know that you will have activated it, and then we will find you, and then the mystery will be solved, and then you can go back home and be happy. 
Okay, bye. <sighs> okay. Well, Sally, thank you. Uh, now I have some information to tell Lieutenant Arn, Sergeant Arn, to tell the cops. Um, Sally, if you can hear me saying this, it's thank you so much for trying to find me. I'm already found in that you didn't find me, but I'm home, so you don't need to find me anymore. I'm not scared of your tracking device, but it's going to lead you to my house, because that's where I am. So, thank you. I guess I'll tell the police to come here and, 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 and wait with me, and this girl will come and try to find me at my home? I, I don't know. This is getting really weird. Hopefully, I mean, these, these girls, I mean, Sally, if you're listening to this, you don't need to look for me anymore. I'm found. Just go home or come to me and I'll let you go to your home. But I don't, I'm, I've been back for a while now. Jordan, this is not a good situation that you find yourself in. No, everything is fine, Rory, because the police are going to come here. They're going to find her when she comes to get me, if this tracking device works. Jordan, do you know anything about Girl Scouts? Well, no. I mean, they sell cookies. They are not going to be found by the police. What do you mean? One of the first skills they teach Girl Scouts is police avoidance. That's one of the first badges that they get. If they're skilled at anything at all, it's avoiding the fuzz. There's no way. If they sense even a, a glimpse of the police, they're not going to come out. They're going to stay disguised, probably as a mailbox or something, and wait for them to leave. And then they're going to come after you. Well, okay, and then they'll find me, and I will tell them, you know, awesome, thank you for finding me, and I'll get them back to their homes. Jordan, it's not that simple. What do you mean it's not that simple? One of the second skills that the Girl Scouts learn is renditioning. If they find you, they are going to take you out of the country and probably put you in some sort of camp. What? No. The, are you talking about the Girl Scouts or are you talking about the CIA? First of all, are you really that naive to think there's a difference? Second of all... You sound like Patsy Kennedy now. Because Patsy knows. You should call him and ask him about this. He'll explain it to I, you. I'm not going to call him right now. The show's... I, we're, we're done with the show now. Jordan, you should be very careful what happens with these Girl Scouts, all right? That's all I'm saying. Well, okay, I will be careful. Sally, if you're listening to this, you know, you don't need to find me. I'm here. Just go home or report to the, the nearest police station. I'm not going to go to the police station. Or just, fine, just go home. Just You don't have to, okay, you don't have to find me. All right, now I'm in a terrible mood and I'm sad at the same time. And I'm a little scared for my life. So let's cheer ourselves up with a song about a 15-year-old high school girl. How does that sound? This is the newest episode of Ukulele is for Covers. I did by request of my boss, Mr. Nick Lowe. Not the musician, but the comic book editor. Uh, I did Taylor... Swift. Taylor Swift. I almost said Taylor Hicks. Taylor Swift. A song called 15. It's about being 15. So, hopefully everyone will enjoy it. Um, yeah. Be seeing you. It's the morning of your very first day You say hi to your friends You ain't seen in a while Try and stay out of everybody's way It's your freshman year And you're gonna be here For the next four years in this town Hoping one of those senior boys Will wink at you and say No, I haven't seen you around Before Cause when you're Somebody tells you they love you You're gonna believe them And when you're 15 Feeling like there's nothing to figure out Well, count to ten, take it in This is life before you know who you're gonna be At 15 Next to a redhead named Abigail Soon enough your best friends Laughing at the other girls Who think they're so cool We'll be out of here as soon as we can And then you're on your very first date And he's got a car And you're feeling like flying And your mama's waiting up And you're thinking he's the one And you're dancing around your room When the night ends When the night ends Cause when you're 15 And somebody tells you they love you You're gonna believe them And when you're 15 And your first kiss makes your head spin round 
dreams of mine and Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind and we both cried cause when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you you're gonna believe them and when you're 15 don't forget to look before you fall a fountain can heal most anything And you just might find who you're supposed to be But I didn't know who I was supposed to be At 15 Yeah.